broadcasting from the PilatesPodcast.com. You're listening to Beyond the Movement with your host, Heidi Miller. Hello, and thank you for joining Beyond the Movement, the Pilates Podcast. I'm your host, Heidi Miller. It's been a long time. It's been since, I think, October since I've done uh, an episode, and I hope I um, still have some uh, listeners out there. Um, but I um, have a baby boy. He's eight weeks old, um, and he um, he has his own website, if anybody's interested in uh, checking that out. It's uh, www.samueldennismiller.com. And uh, today we're going to be doing an interview with Amanda Moon, who uh, is a listener of the podcast who emailed me back in September about doing an episode on Pilates and pregnancy. And then in this episode, we talk about Pilates during pregnancy and Pilates after pregnancy. As we're doing the interview, we also talk a lot about um, all kinds of different things. Uh, I think it was a really fun interview. We talk about um, nursing um, and you know posture with nursing and things like that. And so it's a, it's a fairly long interview, but stick around with it. It's it's really fun, and there's a lot of good information in there. And what I'm going to be doing in future episodes here uh, for I don't know how many episodes now, but um, for a few is I'm going to take some of the pieces that we talked about in this interview, and I'm going to elaborate a little bit more on them so that you can get, um, you know, uh, some more information on that. And so we will be still talking about um, Pilates um, during pregnancy and Pilates after pregnancy, maybe I'd say probably about two or three episodes of that, uh, and then um, and then we'll get started with some other topics. Uh, but definitely stick in with this interview and, and, and keep listening through it. It's a really fun interview. So here we are with Amanda. Amanda, how are you doing today? I'm great. Thank you. Good. And Amanda is uh, joining us today to talk about Pilates and pregnancy. And we're going to talk about Pilates during pregnancy and Pilates after pregnancy. So Amanda, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, I, um, I've been doing Pilates for about five years, and I just finished my teacher training certification, um, the full certification I finished in December of last year. I started it last March, and the week after I started the program, I found out I was pregnant. I was working in the music industry here up until that point, and then um, I was just going to teach like on the side because I love Pilates, and it's really changed my life and changed my um my like outlook on fitness and things like that. So I was just going to teach on the side. And then after I found out I was pregnant, we kind of went back and forth for a while and decided that um, I would teach full time so that I could, or not teach full time, but I would leave my job in the music industry so that I could teach and stay home with my daughter during the day. So Wonderful. And tell us a little bit about your website that you have. It's um, www.pilatesformommies.net, and um, it's still in the process, but it is, it's basically just out there as a resource. There's so much conflicting information I found about Pilates during pregnancy and Pilates after pregnancy and the best way to keep your body fit during pregnancy, and it's just kind of a, a good resource, I think, for pregnant women and for new moms to go and look and see exactly what Pilates can do for their bodies during and after pregnancy and what's safe and what they need to be careful of and things like that. Yeah, absolutely. And I I have looked at it, and I've seen how it's developed since um, you had first contacted me, I think, in September. 
And uh, it's really, it is a really great resource and you have a nice um, button that says resources with books and things like that. Are those books that you have had personal experience with? Yeah, um, all of those books I have used in developing programs. Um, at the studio I work at, I've, I've kind of become the pregnancy specialist Great. there because I've, I'm the only one that's actually been pregnant while doing Pilates. Okay. And, um, I went through some other training. Um, I went to New York and did some other training on Pilates during pregnancy. And then just doing research on my own different books and things that I found that I thought were really helpful. I've put that on the resources tab for both um, – just students and then for teachers, too, that are having pregnant women come to their studios and they're wondering how best to work with them. So it's things that I use both as a pregnant woman myself and as a teacher developing programs. Right. And so can you tell us some of the um, changes that happens in our bodies as we are going through our pregnancy? Well, the, there's, um, the first one is that hormone relaxin that I think most pregnant women actually hear about, and that's it relaxes all of your joints and ligaments, and that starts right away, right after you um, begin your pregnancy, and that's what causes your pelvis to be able to open up to actually deliver the baby, and when you're feeling like ligament pain and things like that, it's from that hormone that allows your stomach to grow and allows your uterus and the baby to grow. Um, And then the other really huge one that I'm learning more and more women have never heard of, and it's amazing to me that, that our doctors don't tell us this. My doctor never talked to me about it. Is It's called a diastasis recti, and it's mm-hmm. your six-pack muscle. It splits to allow the baby to grow. It splits right down the middle on the linea alba. It just kind of moves off to the side, and it allows room for your uterus to grow because that muscle is just too long and thin to stretch over top of the uterus like everything, like your skin and everything else does. So it just splits, and that split, um, it's perfectly normal. It doesn't hurt, but it happens to 95% of pregnant women. And if you're not careful, you could keep that split for your entire life, um, which can cause back problems and things later. And what are the things that can maintain that split? Because this is something that I'm learning new, newly as I'm, as I'm um, two months out from my pregnancy or my delivery. And uh, thankfully, I had known ahead of time, but can you discuss with us some of the things that you that a woman who's just delivered would not want to do, and maybe even possibly how long you would not do certain exercises to prevent that split to um, stay permanent? Um, what, what you want to do is you want to work your transversus because mm-hmm. the fibers of the transversus run perpendicular to the fibers of the rectus. So when you work your transversus, it actually pulls that rectus back together. Um, You need to be really careful about doing things where you bring your head up off the mat or doing, like, leg raises. Anything that puts a lot of strain on your rectus, because it's split, it's it's a muscle, and it's going to take the path of least resistance. So if you're bending at the waist, every time you bend, that muscle is actually going to go a little bit farther apart, and then instead of coming together because it's just easier for it to go move off to the side than it is to to um, fold back together. So um, you, when the clients that I work with, I really I try to teach them to see when their transversus is engaging, to see when they're really pulling down their rectus and when they're pulling it together. And then I allow them to do like little head curls and things like that just to the point of where 
they can still see that it's pulling down. As soon as the rectus starts to poof out, as soon as it moves into a rectus exercise instead of a transversus exercise, they've gone too far. Mm -hmm. Another thing that I really like to do with my clients, and it's a lot easier than teaching more their transversus is because as any Pilates instructor knows, that's just like a whole ball of wax onto itself. It is, yes. Very hard to do. <laughs> um, we do a lot of splinting, which you just – it's, it works best if you have something that's non-stretched, like a scarf, and you wrap it all the way around the stomach, right at the belly button or the point where the split is the biggest. And every time you curl, you pull that scarf together in front, and that's actually pulling the rectus muscle together. It's, or you can just use your hands to do it, too, and you just kind of push on the sides and you push it together while you do, like, transversus pulses or little head curls, things like that. Absolutely. And have you found that using equipment has been better with um, some of your clients post-pregnancy um, when you do start to get them to roll through their spine? Uh, you mean like using like Reformer and Cadillac or? Cadillac primarily. I was thinking like the roll-down bar, like doing the roll-ups and stuff. Is that something that it, at some point that your clients are able to do or can they do that fairly early on if they can stay, um, you know, in their transversus? Or when do you introduce the, the roll-up on the Cadillac um, to your post-pregnancy clients? When their split is less than half a finger wide. Okay. When you start doing things like that. Um, we do, with the push-through bar, we'll do like a cervical non-curl because that that they can easily see that their stomach is still pulling down or they can at least feel it. Um, but that full roll-up and roll-down is, there's at, at some point, all of my clients at least, I feel that they come out of their transverses and go into their rectus a little bit. Sure. So I actually have them, like when they're laying down and when they're getting up from laying down, we still do it like they're pregnant. They roll onto their side Absolutely. and push themselves up that way. Right. Um, but we che- I, check their, I check their diastasis, their, their first visit, obviously, and see how big it is. And then depending on how big it is, um, I am, I either check them every week after that or every two weeks because if it's if it's a fairly large diastasis like if it's two centimeters or wider, then I don't want to check them every week because then it just gets frustrating because sure. you know the progress isn't super super fast. But when it's a centimeter or less, I've had clients come in one week and then they do transversus pulses and they do exercises at home and they're closed the next week when they come in. Wow. It's really exciting when that happens. But those clients have all been four months or farther out of their pregnancy. Oh, okay. And how, how do you check the diastasis? You have the client lay on the floor, and then you put your fingers two inches above their belly, or two centimeters above their belly button, and have them roll up, just roll their head up to the, their bra line in like a little crunch. And then if you poke your fingers down, you can feel on either side if that rectus is split, your fingers are just going to go right down in the middle of it, and you'll feel something really solid on either side, but it'll be soft in the middle. If it's solid, or if, if they're not split, then when your fingers go down, you're just going to hit muscle, and it's just going to be hard. Okay. That's great. And, then, uh, and so, and people can do this to themselves as well, right? Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Now, that's, so it's good for everyone to know, because that isn't something that... Um, you know, when you are a Pilates teacher who's never been through pregnancy, it's something that you, you know, you wouldn't necessarily know intuitively to do unless you've actually been trained on how to teach women, um, you know, during and after their pregnancies. And that's one of the things that 
I always, you know, told myself that I wasn't going to be, I wasn't going to train women, you know, through their pregnancies, or at least not can claim to be an expert. I mean, I've certainly trained some, but I've, you know, had to do a lot of research as I've been training them. Um, but I told myself I wasn't going to do it until after I had experienced it myself. Mm-hmm. And, and, and let me tell you, I'm glad because there's a lot of things that have been really in, you know, enlightening to me during, um, and after the pregnancy. And we can talk about that, um, in a moment, but, um, Sonia, let's get back to the, so you check their, um, their diastases and then, and once their diastases then is closed, is that when you decide to, to start doing the roll up with them? Or it's also, of course, um, you know, with, um, you know, as, as long as they're able to keep their transversus, um, engaged. Right. Once it's closed, Mm -hmm. um, they can do, they can do anything just, they can be treated exactly like any other client. Um, and with, of course, because they've just had a baby, they're going to be a a client with less abdominal control than a really strong one. So you want to start them out slow, but, um, once it's closed, that strength comes back fairly quickly for people that have been doing Pilates for a long time. I've been really amazed by a couple of my clients who, like, their diastasis closed, and within a week, they're, like, doing a full reformer class and not right. having any problems with it. And Are they like, able to do a yeah. full mat class at that point? Because that's, that they seems can, pretty um, The severe. one thing that I've noticed is, is, is harder are the things that really get into the lower abdominals, like roll over and jackknife, things like that are the hard, are the hardest exercises, I think, for to get the strength back. And it's just all the things that really focus on the lower abdominals. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I've noticed, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. I was going to say in inner thigh exercises too. Oh, okay. Even I'm almost five months, well, actually my baby turned five months old today. Wow. Um, Congratulations. Like my, thanks. My inner thighs, they're still not where they were. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I, I, you know, I'm two months out and like I said, I've been fairly um, humbled um, by my experience. One of the things that I've noticed with, you know, I've been doing Pilates, um, you know, for six years and, and since I started or since I started to be, you know, go through teacher training, I've been doing it, you know, five to six times a week regularly for that time, except for there was a part of my pregnancy where I was put on bed rest and then I was put on restrictions. But besides that, you know, you would think that, you know, having come from uh, such a strong core and doing advanced work, you know, I was really humbled by the fact that I I still at two months out, now I had a C-section as well, but I still can't do the roll-up. Oh, yeah. On the mat. And, and part of it is because I'm, I'm too, I, you know, I feel pain right at where my ribs, you know, right below my ribs. So probably right at that point where there's, where there's a split, there's mm-hmm. pain there. I'm like, oh, I'm not going to go. I'm not going to just roll through the pain. Right. You know, because I know, you know, I know, um, you know, from some of the readings I've done, it's like, okay, you know, I knew about that, that, that we could, you know, I could cause that split to stay open. And that was one of the things I would not have known had I not felt the pain first. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I mean, I, I, you know, I, I was thinking, oh, okay, I'll just, you know, I was like, what is this pain that I'm experiencing? And, and it must be that, that split that I've been experiencing, but I have been able to do, and it, because I'm, you know, an experienced teacher, I have been able to do the roll up and stay really, um, deep in my transversus right. um, and everything. And then what else I've also been able to do, um, has been able to, um, roll down, but not roll up. Like, I mean, for like on the mat, I can do a roll mm-hmm. down, but then I roll to my side and, and bring myself back up. 
and then I roll yeah. back down again, you know, because the roll down is safer, you know, than the I rolling agree. up. And so that seems to be how I'm choosing to um, train those muscles to be able to roll through that part of my spine. And mm-hmm. let's talk, let's talk because of that, let's talk about the postural changes that happen to the spine during pregnancy um, that then, you know, would impact that, of course, that split in the abdomen um, and also the movement through that part of our spine as we are starting to roll through that part of our spine again. So I'll, I'll let you go ahead and talk about the postural changes. Well, because of the weight of the uterus and the weight of the baby, you're, you end up with a, a much more lower dotic um, lordosis you get you get a much a much bigger lordotic curve in the spine and as any pregnant woman or woman will tell you and i'm sure you experience this too sometimes your lower back just hurts when you're pregnant all you want to do is figure out a way to stretch it the other way yeah (laughs) and when you have the baby still in your stomach it's i i didn't figure out a way to stretch it really well the other way did you Uh, other than just hanging yeah. Um, and, and trying to, you know, bring my knees, you know, have my feet supported and let my butt drop, like just traction yeah. was the only thing I could think of. Cause you do get to a point where you cannot tilt your pelvis as much and you, you can't bend through that part of your back anymore. It's, it's, you know, it completely becomes, um, almost like somebody put a bar back there. Yeah, exactly. which is you know of course would would you know that's good because that then protects the baby from us squishing <laughs> our little baby. But um, and I believe there's a ligament that from the uterus that attaches to the spine to hold the uterus in place, um, and then something to do with that ligament is what keeps that that lower spine um, keep, prevents you from being able to roll through it. Other than of course the baby, but the ligament mm-hmm. does something with that. Are you familiar with that? I'm not, but. It sounds familiar, but I don't remember. Yeah, it's you know, it's hard to it's hard to research because there's not you know there's not a lot of um, in regards to Pilates, there's not a lot written on it yet. So no. maybe yeah. I'll have to research it now. Now that yeah. now that I've piqued my own interest with that, but yeah, just tractioning was the only thing I could think of, and just you know, I would like hang off the railing of the stairs, and you know, I would do. <laughs> You know, all kinds of things just to help get some relief um, in my low back. But no, so there's so so when we say lordosis, I'm just saying this for the audience. For those of you who don't know, lordosis is when well, lordosis is normal in the back, but we can get an, an uh, extreme amount of lordosis, which is just the natural curvature of the spine, but then it gets even more curvature. So you have that real sway back look, and all pregnant women get that real sway back um, look to them. Now, let me ask you this on your experience of, you know, the thoracic spine, so the mid-spine, you know, like my mid-spine really got even more uh, lordotic, you know, because I think because I'm so short. So Mm -hmm. my thoracic spine became curved the opposite direction. Right, to balance it out. To balance it out. And and so, you know, that's part of, um, you know, I know, of course, so let's talk about that because with the, with the, you know, there has to be some curve that goes the opposite direction in the thoracic spine for the rib cage to open up. Mm-hmm. Right? And so the rib cage opens up and then, that, and then our, that's, of course, part of that split that happens in the rectus uh, abdominis. And so... You know that, um, so that's you know part of bringing the rib cage back together because you know right after pregnancy you feel like your ribs are just kind of splayed out there. Right. I don't remember um, for sure offhand what the exact 
angles are, but the angle of your ribs goes from being something like, I want to say 67 degrees to like 100 and it's close to 100, 180, I think. It's oh, like my God. It's more than 108. Your your ribs just basically, you know, straighten themselves out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, that's that's a huge thing. And then I think nursing also contributes to the curve in the thoracic spine. Because oh, yeah. as much as you try not to be, you're hunched over that baby while they're eating. Uh-huh. And, and just the whole like thought of pulling your shoulders back—it's a really neat idea, but I'm—it's—it's it's really hard to do while they're it, eating. It is, yeah. When, and when I, you're nursing ten to twelve times a day, that yeah. just really contributes to that. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's huge, and and so and let's talk about that in, in just another moment because I've got something to add that's happened to my body that I was you know really I'm struggling with a lot, but let's you know I'm I'm kind of. Um, thinking about that, that part of the thoracic spine again, as far as when we, you know, if you think about how if that thoracic spine becomes dished the wrong way, so instead of being, you know, um, out, you know, um, you know, out to the, behind us, it comes forward like our low spine does, that would then also pose the, the problems with rolling up through the spine. Because when you try to roll through that spine, those muscles get so tight Right. You know, that you have to start learning how to stretch those muscles out again, bring the rib cage down and together, which is what you were talking about with with your clients being aware of as they're as they're just rolling up to, to keep those the, the rectus together rather than letting it split open. But mm-hmm. that's one thing that I've really noticed is the tightness in that part of my back that you know, it's getting of course it's getting better, but you know, with a C section I could not do um, I, I couldn't do any Pilates for six weeks after right. having the baby. And I think, you know, of course I was doing breathing exercises and everything, but you know, you're really sore in those abdominal muscles. I don't have any other experience, you know, other than that. But, you know, I know that, I don't know if that contributed to, um, you know, having more problems, um, you know, than if I could have started a couple weeks after, you know, after, um, the, the delivery or not, but, um, that's I'm probably one of the things I've been sure really it probably did. Yeah, that's you know, that's more time. Uh-huh. Yeah. Now let's talk a little bit about the nursing because I think that's probably something that everybody needs to know out there who's listening is that you know I know so this is this is something you actually had on your website and I was really really happy to see is that what happens to the um, upper thoracic cervical spine during pregnancy and I'll let you elaborate that on that in a minute is that it can cause a pinch and then you can have the symptoms of carpal tunnel. Right. Well, I'm now experiencing uh, that pinch and I have that experience primarily in my left arm, but going down also my right arm. And let me tell you what, I mean, it hurts from my upper back all the way down through my arms. And there's been a couple mornings where I have woken up and I can't even use my left arm for like the first 30 minutes until I've been upright. Mm -hmm. And it's really scary, you know, but I tell you by looking at your website and seeing what you wrote on there, that made me feel so much better. So I'm thinking, Oh my God, what is wrong with me? You know? And, and I know it's, it's to do with my positioning of my rib cage and, and my shoulders when I nurse and, and, I'm having a really difficult time trying to find the perfect posture for nursing, just like what you said. You know, and my chiropractor keeps telling me, you know, you have to make yourself comfortable and then bring your baby up to you. Well, my, my you know, my son was born eight and a half pounds and he is probably 11 or 12 pounds now, you know? So it's like, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, it's not really that easy to bring the baby up, 
you know, to you. But one thing I am, uh, now I do have one of those boppy pillows, Mm -hmm. but I'm having, you know, I'm having a hard time with it because uh, it kind of sinks a little bit in the middle. Okay. And it's a brand, you know, it's a brand new one. But so I was doing some research and I don't know if, if you have any experience. There's a pillow called my best friend nursing pillow. I've heard of it. I've never actually used it, but I've heard of it and I've heard it's amazing. I'm going to try that. It has a lumbar support in the back and that's what I I feel like I've been missing. I've been trying to roll up towels or anything because I think, so let's talk about, I think that the lumbar support would help with, you know, at least if we do slunch over, at least you're not causing a slouch in your low spine as well. And your rib cage can be in a more natural position if you have lumbar support. Right, and that support also because your mu- those muscles are all stretched out, and yeah. you know that strength isn't there. So you need that lumbar support just to help hold your body up straight. Yeah, too. That's, yeah, um, I used to. I had to shove pillows behind my back all the time, right, in order to nurse. And I had this one spot on the couch that was my spot. Yeah, I could make myself comfortable in this spot. Right. And we'd have people. We had people over. She was born in um, October, so we had people over for Thanksgiving and I was like, I'm sorry, but you're going to have to move now because (laughs) this is where I nurse. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Well, let's, so with that, with having that support in the lumbar area, one of the things that I noticed right after, um, having Sam, my eight week old son now is that when I got home from the hospital and went for a little walk, I felt like I couldn't hardly support first of all, the weight of my boobs and mm-hmm. my shoulders. And I could tell that it was because my transversus abdominis, you know, with, of course, be, having the experience that I have in my body, I could tell it because my transversus abdominis was like, you know, it wasn't quite sure how to act yet because it had been so stretched out. Right. And, you know, I noticed that that was a contributing factor to my upper back pain and neck and shoulder pain is because I didn't have that support in my abdominals anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and so, you know, here women are faced with, you know, not having support in their transverses and extra weight of their breasts and the right. baby, you know. So, I mean, that's a lot, you know, a lot of things to face all at once. And for somebody who's never done any core training before, um, you know, it could be a pretty, um, well, challenging experience, you know. Mm-hmm. And here I am, a very experienced teacher, Are you know, I'm having that, that, um, pinch in my nerves in my, uh, C, you know, like C6, 7 and T1 area. Yep. And, you know, and, and, and I have been, you know, I've been doing, you know, Pilates for six years, like I said, regularly and, and I have a lot of experience with my body and I have been engaging the transverses and I'm still having those, um, those kind of issues. Yeah. Um, the biggest, I mean, the biggest thing that you have to do, and it's so hard to do, but it's it's just really focusing on getting your shoulders down. And until you find a really good, comfortable way to nurse, which honestly didn't happen for us until about a month and a half ago. Okay. Mm-hmm. Got big enough to where she has enough strength in her abdomen now to support herself a little bit. Okay. I think that's one thing that people, I wasn't prepared for is how heavy the baby is when you're trying to hold them up and nurse, especially if like I had, I have to support my breast with my hand while I'm nursing. So right. I have one hand to hold her and one hand to hold my breast. Yep. And that their heads are heavy. Yeah. So hold that head up. <laughs> that's a lot of work. Now, wasn't and there- to 
yeah, go you ahead. get into like your shoulders start to tense up, uh-huh. and, and you pull every you pull everything up, and your upper traps engage, and that's what causes that's what can cause that nerve pinching Absolutely. to happen. Yeah, yeah. Um, so wasn't your wasn't Lily born early? She was. She was three weeks early, but she was seven pounds eight ounces when she. Oh was. well, thank God then, huh? Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> You're like, all right. So when my she... doctor delivered her, he was like, "Aren't you glad we didn't go full term?" Yeah, she might have been like ten pounds or something. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, that's that's great. Yeah, with preterm um, babies, I know sometimes they have uh, a little bit harder time with nursing. But maybe if yours, since Lily was bigger, maybe maybe that wasn't the case. Yeah, it was. I don't because she's my only child. Right. I don't. I don't know for sure. I don't have anything to compare it to. But it was pretty tough for us for yeah. about the first month. Like okay. I call a lactation consultant a couple times and um, have to get some extra advice. And I was very determined that I was going to nurse partially just because the financial aspect of it. Sure. I'm like, I can't. I can't just by paying for something I make for free. Yeah, I know. That's what so, I said too. <laughs> um, I really was determined that I was going to figure out how to make this work, but it was hard for right. for a little while. And I had heard beforehand, like everyone says, you know, it's tough, but it gets easier. It gets easier. And those first couple of weeks, I was like, it better get easier. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know how like, long I'm going to do this. Yeah, no, it was, it's definitely, it's definitely hard. What are some of the um, exercises that you give to, let's, let's go back to Pilates during pregnancy for a moment. So you have a pregnant client come in. Mm-hmm. Um, at, what are some of the steps you take them through? First of all, if somebody comes in and they say to you, I've never done Pilates before and I'm one month pregnant or I, well, I guess that probably more realistically six or eight weeks pregnant. Cause usually you don't know until six or eight weeks, but what do you say to them? What is, what is kind of the protocol that you do with them? The first thing um, that we do is we teach them how to do transversus pulses correctly and mm-hmm. teach them how to do them in all of the different positions, whether they're sitting, quadruped, laying down, because that, I think, is the single most important exercise to yes. know how to do while you're pregnant, and it's what you can start right away after you have a baby, too. Can you describe what, what you mean by that? Just Because so, some of our listeners may not know what that is. Yeah. Um, it's It's basically a breathing exercise that we do where we have the client take a big breath and we have them pooch out their belly. We tell them to take a Buddha belly breath, basically. And then as they exhale, we tell them to draw their navel to their spine or think of closing their hips together and closing their ribs together to feel that really deep contraction of the transversus. And if they can't feel it or if they don't know what they're feeling, I often have them laugh or I have them cough because that's the same really deep contraction. And then once they feel it in that sense, then they're then they usually can feel it when we do the breaths too. Um, and then once once they understand how to contract that muscle, what you do is you contract it and then you move the breath up into the lungs. So you think of expanding your rib cage out when you breathe. You think of doing the lateral um, posterior lateral breathing, mm-hmm. and that way you can keep the transversus contracted. Right. You can. Um, you can do a transversus endurance hold, which is where you have them hold it and breathe at the same time and count to 25. And when we do that, I always make my clients count out loud because otherwise you really don't know if they're breathing or not. Right. Clients are really good at pretending to breathe when they're not. (laughs) And then um, transversus pulses is they contract it. And each time they inhale, they let the contraction go only halfway and then they contract it again on the exhale. Okay. And um, I have... That's 
with all of my pregnant clients, that's the first thing I try to teach them. And then if they're brand new pregnant, we keep them in regular classes. We just make sure that they're drinking a lot of water. Um, and if they start to feel sick or dizzy or anything like that, we we make sure that they tell every teacher that they're pregnant too because I think we have eight teachers at the studio now. And it's it's something that your teacher needs to know that – is because there's some exercises like sometimes rollover isn't isn't going to feel so hot and so if you just tell your teacher that then we just won't do it in class and that's fine right it's 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 um yeah so we try to make sure that they tell everyone and then once they are around 20 weeks pregnant is when we start checking for the diastasis and once they have that then we start doing splinting and we do modifications depending on that person's strength level and and their knowledge of their body if they can keep their transverses held in we keep them doing certain exercises but once once their diastasis happens we stop doing roll up we start we stop doing roll over we stop doing anything where they're not able to hold that transversus in and we just give them modifications for exercises do you keep them in this in the regular classes or do they start taking different classes or do you, do you guys have classes specifically for uh, pregnant women once they get to a certain point? We don't. Um, we just started a new program because I, I swear our entire our entire um, clientele went and got pregnant over Christmas break. It's <laughs> so funny. We have so many pregnant women right now. Um, because some of them are working and some aren't, we, we tried to do classes for pregnant women and we just couldn't find a time that worked for enough people. Mm-hmm. So now we're doing, we're having them let us know what their due date is and we're setting up duets and trios for them. So oh, they're having great. semi-private classes with people that are due around the same time they are. So it's kind of like a built-in mommies group at the same time as you're working with people who are going through the same bodily issues you are. And that way, if you're, you don't have to be that person in a group class where the teacher gives the exercise and then says, and so-and-so, you're just going to sit this one out for right, now. Right, you know? exactly. Yeah, that's always a little bit, you know, um, or you, and even as a teacher, you know, you, you try to think of something that they can do instead so they're not just sitting there and, right. you know, it does get kind of uncomfortable, um, I think, for everybody. Um, right. Have you ever ran into, um, w- while somebody's pregnant and their transversus is trying to expand, but we're still contracting it through Pilates, have you run into anybody who has pain through their abdomen as they're stretching? I guess as a new you know, uh, a new person who's never been pregnant before, you probably have some of that pain anyway. But has anybody ever complained about that to you? I haven't had anybody yet, that, yet but I've only been doing this for about a year and a half. Oh, okay. Too, so. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, um, I think that I must have gone through everything possible just so I could learn from for some reason. Because, <laughs> you know, when I was going through um, my pregnancy... I had to um, do more of the Buddha belly breathing on the inhale, and then as I exhaled, I contracted. But it, there did come a point where I just needed to stretch my abdominals. It might be because I'd been a teacher for so long that my muscles were really, you know, pretty, pretty toned. So it might have been a little bit more painful for me as they were stretching. But I did find that I did have to really modify my breathing. Um, to stretch my abdominals and then also contract them both. And the other thing too that I noticed um, is there came a point where it was really uncomfortable for me to do leg spring series on the Cadillac. Mm-hmm. And that might have been the ligament pain, you know, in the inguinal ligament area. 
and the groin area and, and also the um, contracting the inner thighs started to become, um, you know, painful for my pubic symphysis and, and all yep. that. Yeah. And I know that that's some of the contraindications they tell you not to do with a pregnant woman is to, you know, because of that, they don't, you don't have them over engage their inner thighs. Um, but there still has to be some awareness there, you know, to connect into the psoas. Right. Um, and in so. the inner thighs, um, just to be able to give birth to, you don't want them to be too tight because if they have a vaginal delivery, they have to be able to stretch out. Oh, good to so, know. Yeah. What I what I really focused on with my clients is we would work the inner thighs and then we would stretch them just like you were talking about with the Buddha belly breathing and uh-huh. then contracting the transverses. Like you work it and then you stretch it so that you maintain strength, but it keeps being nice and stretchy. Right, absolutely. Yeah, that's that's good. That's really good to know. And so let's talk. Um, is there anything else you want to add as far as to training a client? Oh, I want. I, there was one more thing. Have you? So do you? When if somebody comes in. And they never had plies before and they're early in their pregnancy. Do you have them get a doctor's note or anything like that? Or do you just let them assume the, the liability or talk to them about that? Or how do you how do you address that? All of our clients sign a liability release. Mm-hmm. So we don't require a doctor's note from anybody, but um, we do we do talk to them pretty extensively about um, what's go about their about what's going on in their bodies while mm-hmm. they're pregnant and and just make sure that they're aware and we're we're very very adamant about if anything hurts if you start to feel dizzy you need mm-hmm. to tell me immediately right and um and luckily so far we've had really good clients that have been very upfront and honest right. about I'm dizzy I need to stop now and then we're good with that yeah. we just need to know that's good. Well, with my experience um and I don't know how many clients come in who've had miscarriages but you know, I had gone through um, one pregnancy and then had a miscarriage. And so when I came, you know, when I was pregnant with Sam, you know, I start, I was really scared, you know, to do a whole lot of, uh, you know, I was doing some right. stuff, but I was really modifying a lot. And one of the things that I, you know, I was just, I was freaked out about everything. So I just really didn't want to lose another pregnancy because, mm-hmm. you know, obviously, and one of the things that I was scared to do and people were kind of freaking me out in the yoga community a little bit because they don't, you know, they don't believe you should go, um, you know, um, upside down, I guess. Right. You know, um, yeah. I can't think of the word I'm trying to think of, but inversion. Um, yes. Thank you. <laughs> That's, what happens, <laughs> when you're pregnant. That's what happens when you're, when you've had a baby and you're nursing, your brain completely shuts down. <laughs> but anyway, um, and so they were saying that there could be a possibility of dislodging the embryo because of the blood flow, you know, be, being extreme. Well, one of the things that I was scared to do during my pregnancy, especially early on, was like rolling like a ball or seal or any other rolling exercises because I felt like, you know, even though I had really good control over them, I thought, well, is this too much, you know, movement um, that would cause the embryo to, to dislodge? And, and that was, I mean, honestly, that was just, I mean, that probably was not, there's probably no truth to that at all. But I know just for me personally, I was scared. Yeah. You know, and I was like, I'm just not going to do those exercises, you know. So have you had any clients who have come in who've had a miscarriage who were scared? Or, I mean, I assume maybe some of those clients maybe just decide not to do Pilates until they get to a certain point or they decide not to try it until after the baby's born. We've had clients, um, I haven't had any that have told me that they've had miscarriages, but we have had clients who have been doing Pilates 
for years, when they find out they're pregnant, they just stop because they don't feel comfortable doing anything. And I think that's a choice that each woman needs to make on her own and with her doctor. Mm -hmm. Um, We... We don't ask for, like, a schedule of doctor's visits or anything, but, you know, just through the course of teaching, you find out when they're going to the doctor, and we always try to check in and make sure everything was okay at the doctor's visit and find out if they have any new restrictions or if if they're having any problems. We try to make sure that we know about it so Mm -hmm. that we can can keep them comfortable. But, yeah, I've, I've had... I've had clients who just, they're just not comfortable doing it. And that's totally fine. I know. Well, some, I think some doctors probably also tell them, you know, I think also depending on their age group, you know, their risk factors and things like that may tell them that, you know, um, you've got a short, you know, really a short period of time in your entire life to take it easy, you know? And, you know, I remember my midwife telling me that, and, you know, it was hard. It was hard for me to, you know, I was still doing, like transverses pulses, like what we were talking about. And I was still doing some exercises that I did feel really comfortable with. So I certainly didn't stop exercising, but there was a point in my pregnancy about four and a half months along that I ended up having what's called hydronephrosis, which was a swelling of my right kidney. And that just, that put me on oh. bed rest for a while. And, and then after that, it was kind of like, I kind of thought, well, I, I just have to do light walking. I really did have to stop doing Pilates. And that was, it was really hard for me mentally. But I thought to myself, it's like, you know, the biggest thing that I wanted was to be able to, you know, make it through the pregnancy and be as healthy as possible for, you know, my baby boy. And, right, you know, and it's just, I, I mean, seriously, I was like, I was, you know, before pregnancy, I was like really healthy. Everything was fine, but you know, you really don't know during your pregnancy what's what your body's going to act like. Oh, I mean, you could be the healthiest person. I'm not that old. I'm only 31 years old. You know, but I mean, it probably would have been easier if I was in my 20s. But at the same time, you know, I really didn't know that my body was going to do everything that it has done. You know, um, during the pregnancy, and it really taught me to honor my body. Right. To really just come to a place of don't force, just honor. But also, I didn't stop moving. I just had to change how I was moving. Right. I had um, I had blood pressure problems during my pregnancy. Okay. I never had blood pressure problems my entire life. Mm-hmm. And I think around four or five months, my blood pressure just skyrocketed. Yeah. And I was going through, I was finishing my teacher training, and we had to do, I think, 85 hours of self-practice, and I was trying to get it all done by the end of the year, and I was hoping to get most of it done before the baby came. So up until that point, I was trying to do two to three hours of Pilates a day. Oh, my gosh. my nurse was like, she came in one morning after they had taken my blood pressure, and she's like, what have you done today? And I'm like, I did Pilates for two hours. I I don't (laughs) understand why it's so high. (laughs) She's like, Amanda, you are pregnant. You need to settle down. Right. And so she was, they never, they never put me on, they put me on bed rest literally three days before um, Lily was born. Oh, okay. But um, they never, you know, really restricted me a lot. But at one point they told me I wasn't allowed to lie on my back anymore. Mm-hmm. So for two weeks I, I had to either be on my side or I had to be sitting up. And they were trying to see if that would help my blood pressure go down. And it didn't. And because my blood pressure didn't go down at all, they said I could go back to laying on my back because obviously that wasn't affecting it. And then so I went back to doing Pilates. But I just had to learn to take it easy because I'm one of those people that really likes to push myself. And, right. You know, I would I, I was doing more than I should. And I learned how to... I learned when I learned how to feel when my blood pressure was starting to go up too okay. so that I could 
scale back and because I would start to I would you know I'd start to get too hot and it was really really hot here this summer it was like 110 degrees oh for a couple of weeks in a row and so I would you know there were days when I just would have to avoid going outside as much as possible I would sit in air conditioning all the time and it wasn't it wasn't fun but at the same time because I wanted to be out I'm a very active person I wanted to be doing things but at the same time I wanted to be able to carry Lily as as far as I could you know I was hoping to go all the way to full term and um my my blood pressure skyrocketed right before she was born I went to the doctor and I wasn't having any other problems it didn't turn into um preeclampsia or anything like that but the doctor came in the morning that I was induced and he said you know what it's time to get her out you're not having any problems so we need to go get her out she's big enough before you start to have any problems and luckily she was fully ready to be born we didn't have any complications at all from her being too early but yeah you don't know what your body is going to do and you Mm -hmm. really have to learn to listen to it yeah and I think that's probably the biggest lesson that I have I have learned through the pregnancy and of course now after the pregnancy, I thought I was, you know, I know if you probably listened to all my podcasts, I thought I'd been through enough life lessons, you know, I thought, you know, I thought, oh, okay, well, apparently I haven't, you know, and I had to go through, you know, a lot of things. I've been very fortunate. I feel very fortunate that, you know, I was able to make it through the pregnancy without any real bad hiccups. And then, um, and of course Sam was born very, very healthy and he's a very healthy baby boy. And I feel Mm -hmm. very, you know, um, you know, I feel very thankful, you know, but at the same time, there's been some things that like with this nerve stuff and my arms and stuff, you know, you feel kind of, you feel a little bit humbled, you know, and it's probably good. It's really good as a teacher to be humbled occasionally, because I think that, you know, every now and again, you can get a little bit egotistical and, and I hate to even say that because I hate to admit it to myself, but every now and again, I felt myself being like, you know, oh, I'm so strong, you know, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. And, and, you know, it's, it's really not a good place to be when you're a teacher. And, and I think that this has been a really positive experience to be humbled in a way that, you know, then I can be even more, um, you know, more understanding to the postnatal Pilates clients. Have you experienced that with, you know, after having the, the after having Lily, were you surprised by anything in your body when you were trying to get back in shape? Were there some things that you've been surprised about that you go, oh, okay, now I understand my postnatal Pilates clients better? I thought that with nursing, the weight just fell off. Yeah, me too. <laughs> and that's totally wrong. Right. <laughs> and I, I don't know what your experience has been, but mine has been, I, my body's really kind of held on to the weight. I haven't, I'm, uh-huh. I'm I've still got like 30 pregnancy pounds I need to lose. Uh-huh. And I think part of it is I do exercise a fair amount now. And my body is like, okay, we want the calories because we're making milk and yeah. you're exercising. So we're just going to hang on to this for a while. Right. And I've I've had to really kind of humble myself and get to the point where I'm like, I am not going to look, not that I ever looked like a ballerina, but I am not going to look like a ballerina right. now. And this is, this is my body and this yeah. is how it is. I know that I'm strong and I have to stop comparing myself to, we have a lot of college yeah. students. And oh, okay. myself. Like I don't, I'm not going to look like a college student. <laughs> right. I just had a baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think too, a good mindset to have. And, and I, I have the same, a similar experience with thinking that the pounds were just going to fall off and, and, you know, and, and I kept telling myself, well, you know, I had six weeks where, you know, I was recovering from my C-section and, and now I've only been exercising for two weeks. And I thought, I really thought that in those two weeks I'd be really be dropping the weight. Mm-hmm. I thought, oh, well, you know, I'm, 
I'm walking, I'm doing, you know, some Pilates and, and everything. And, but you know, the other thing too, is that I don't have, I mean, I feel like my endurance is like really bad. And I mean, walking, I get so exhausted and I always feel like I'm, you know, you know, I'm in pretty poor shape and, and everything, but I really did think that the weight was just going to drop off. And that is something that I, you know, I, I'm the same way. And I kind of came to the conclusion that like what you said is that, you know, you have to, it's, it's important to accept our bodies right now. And, and the truth of the matter is that we are nursing. And when you are a nursing mother, you, really the most important thing is that you want to be able to produce the milk that you need to for right. your baby, because you really can, uh, if, if you do drop the weight too quickly, then you can, you can really challenge your milk production, if not stop it altogether. And that's, you know, if you want to, if you really want to dedicate yourself to breastfeeding, you really need to dedicate yourself to, you know, to that and, and staying strong and healthy and feeling good about how good you feel is a lot more important than, and than how you see yourself. And then you still have to, like I said, you still have to see yourself as a beautiful, you know, beautiful woman who's just had a baby who's nursing and, and everything. And, we really can find that in ourselves. And, and like you said, not comparing yourself to others is the key, mm-hmm. you know, because we're not going to look like um, anybody else but ourselves, you exactly. know, and, and that's, you know, that's the truth that matters. And, and we, you know, when you think about the whole lifespan that we have here, you know, um, once you're done nursing, you can, you know, work out all you want, you know, and, <laughs> and, you know, and diet or whatever you want to do. I mean, I don't encourage, of course, any extreme dieting or anything like that. But I think, you know, that, you know, there is a point after you're nursing that you can then kind of go, okay, one of my goals is I'd like to lose some weight, but it still has to start from that place inside yourself where you already accept yourself right now at this present time, no matter what, you know, you have to, you just have to, and find the beauty of feeling good. That's that, you know, feeling healthy and feeling strong I mean, that, that goes above everything else, mm-hmm. you know, and so. And rest too. Yes. Like as a nursing mother, you are not getting a whole lot of sleep. Right. And, and you need to rest. And some days it's going to be more important for you to lay down and take a 45 minute nap than it's going to be for you to get on the floor and do a 45 minute Pilates lesson. Ex- exactly. You need to rest. And that, that affects your milk production. That affects everything. And that's, that's been something that I've really, I've had, I've had to really work on in myself, but I've really had to try to stress with my clients too, is it is okay if you miss a session, you need rest. Yeah, that's great. So that's, you know, I mean, I think personal experience with all this, you know, it really does give, um, teachers, you know, more empathy towards their clients, um, you know, during pregnancy and, and after pregnancy. And I do encourage teachers out there, you know, I know I waited, um, before I decided I was going to say I was going to be like an expert with, you know, Pilates during pregnancy and after pregnancy. Um, you know, I, I, now I can honestly say that I am and, and it's because I'm going through it personally, right. you know, right mm-hmm. now. And, you know, because of being an educated, you know, teacher and educated body, you know, I can honestly say that these are things that I've experienced. And, and when you do research, you see that other women have too. But as a teacher who has not had the experience, I'm not really quite sure that you can really, no matter how much research you do, no matter how much, you know, how many classes you take in the subject matter, I'm not really sure that you can say that you're an expert at it, you know, because I think, you know, this is my person, this is from my personal side of things. And I, you know, nobody has to agree with me, but, you know, when I was training, um, 
some of my pregnant women, I haven't had a lot actually, I think I've only trained probably four women in six years, is that, you know, I, there were certain times where I, I, it was hard for me to understand why they couldn't do certain exercises, mm-hmm. you know, and I was like, and I totally honored that, but there was a part of me that was kind of like, I wonder why they can't do that, you know, right. and, and it didn't really, it didn't, you know, it, it didn't actually make a lot of sense or when, a, when I'd have one pregnant client who would just be, you know, hell's bells and do everything. And then another pregnant client who would, um, not be able to, you know, yeah. and, you know, and I really had to find inside myself. It's like, you know, you really have to honor each person for where they are and, you know, because I hadn't had the personal experience, I really didn't even, you know, you can honor somebody, but you can't empathize with them until you've been through it. Right. You know, yeah. so. And yeah, you definitely, it's, it's very hard. And I, it's, it's the same thing I think with your doctors too, when you're pregnant, I had a male doctor and I don't think I fully, I, I love my doctor. He was great, but there were times when I just wanted to be like, why does it feel like this? Or do you understand what I'm saying? And I knew that he really couldn't fully understand what I was saying right. because he had never felt a contraction. He didn't know how to describe it to me, but he had an amazing nurse practitioner. And that's actually how I came to have him as a doctor. I had been seeing her for a while. And so I would, I would talk to her about it and she was much, much more able to understand what I was feeling and saying and empathize with me and explain things in a way that I could understand better. And I think it's the same with us teaching. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I think it's, I think it's, um, I really, you know, I'm excited about being able to teach, um, you know, clients, uh, pre and post, um, natal Pilates. Um, and, but I'm also really excited about my own personal journey as I'm getting myself back in shape. But, you know, and also of course that part where you really just have to really focus on how you feel and, and, you know, and I still think I look great. I mean, shoot, you know, I thought, I thought with as much as I, <laughs> I thought I'd be really bummed, but, um, you know, I can look at myself in the mirror and see myself as, you know, a mother and a right. beautiful, you know, I, I'm, I feel like I'm radiant. I'm, of course, I'm extremely happy, like all the time, mm-hmm. you know, with my, you know, with being a mother and, and everything. And, and so I, I think that's something to really focus on and, and something that we can also teach our clients if they're struggling, because there are clients out there who struggle a lot with their body image, um, even before pregnancy, but especially after. And, and I think a lot of them really need the support and the, just in the sense of, um, you know, uh, talking to them in those terms, you know, and trying to give them some perspective on the whole thing. And I mean, they're still going to struggle, but, you know, if we as teachers can give them some kind words and some wisdom from our own experience, I think it can really help. I agree. So, um, you know, this is, this is ending up to be a very long, um, interview and it's, it's been really great. I'm trying to think there's one more thing that I wanted to, uh, ask you or talk about. And for the life of me, I can't remember. And I'm sure that after we get done, I'll think about it, but, um, one other oh, question yes. um, yeah, about ahead. about working with pregnant clients that I just wanted to address really quickly yes. is the the aspect of lying on your back because um, I don't know when you were pregnant were you told or did you read that you weren't supposed to lay on your back after twenty weeks Yes Did you ever hear that I did um, Did you Did you follow that or no. did you Yeah I didn't either <laughs> Yeah because um, I waited until I waited until I felt uncomfortable laying on my back. Right. That's that's exactly what I was going to say. Each mm-hmm. woman is different, but um, what my doctor told me was 
the blood supply to the mom is going the well in case anybody doesn't know the reason why they talk about not lying on your back is because the weight of the uterus can compress um the vena cava which i can't remember if it's an artery or a vein because i, think I always it's a get vein. Those up, a vein yeah. um and and it can ultimately restrict blood flow to the uterus but what right. my doctor told me was it's going to restrict blood flow to the mother first right. the amazing thing about the pregnant body is it gives everything to the baby first, and it gives it to the mother second. Right. So the the mom is going to feel the effects of it long before it starts to hurt the baby. So women can lie on their back, and as long as they feel comfortable, as soon as they start to feel lightheaded, then they need to come up. And we've I, we've had one client at at our studio who wasn't comfortable lying on her back for any amount of time. But other than that, I've never had a problem with any of my clients lying on their back. Yeah. No. I. There was only one point, uh, and I was, you know, I was one week uh, past due. I think it was the last three weeks of my pregnancy. That was the only time that I felt, I'm the, only the last three weeks of my pregnancy did I feel uncomfortable lying on my back. Mm-hmm. The rest of the time. Did you feel comfortable in any position at that point? <laughs> yeah, not really. <laughs> yeah, no, not really. And I'm, I'm short. I'm five foot one and I had an eight and a half pound baby. And I, I really yeah. think that that made it, you know, a difference, but um, but you know, I, yeah, I wasn't, you know, really comfortable. One thing I wanted to just quickly ask, um, and, and this could be even potentially like a whole nother interview, but I'll, we'll try to make it short and sweet, you know? Um, so you, as a Pilates teacher, you, I think you mentioned that you're able, are you able to stay home with Lily during the day and then teach during the evenings or how yes. are you working that out? Okay. Yeah. Um, my husband, good. he works in the music industry and his office is actually in the same complex as the studio is oh, in. Oh, wonderful. So I teach Monday, Wednesday, and Friday early mornings, and mm-hmm. then Tuesday and Thursday I teach in the evenings. And he um, watches Lily while I teach, and then I watch her during the day. And we okay. just sometimes we trade trade off at the office, and sometimes we trade off at home, depending on um, what his schedule is like for the day. Okay. But it has worked out so amazing for us, and we just feel so blessed that we've been able to do this because um, we don't have any family close mm-hmm. and the area we live in one area of town and all of our friends with children live in a different area so when we were thinking about doing daycare we couldn't find a daycare that was anywhere convenient for us that we knew anybody else in and that's that's just a scary thing putting your child in a daycare when you don't have any references for it any personal references for it so it's worked out really good for us and we just feel super super blessed that's great yeah I was just curious about that I know with me you know since I own my own studio I can do what I want with that. Well, to some degree, you know, financially, but, mm-hmm. but, you know, it made more sense to, um, to do that rather than pay for daycare to pay a teacher to be at my studio during the day. And then I taught, I teach at night. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, I was just curious, you know, cause I'm, I'm now going to be, of course, meeting a lot more other Pilates teachers who are moms and curious on how they're able to work out with their schedules. So, but anyway, well, thank you, Amanda, so much for talking with me today. This was really fun, and I hope that this, um, you know, this helps a lot of people out there. But if somebody has a, a specific questions that they would like to ask you, how can they contact you? My email is amanda at pilatesformommies.net, um, okay. and that would that's probably the quickest and easiest way to get a hold of me. Okay, sure, absolutely. And, of course, your website is www.pilatesformommies.net. Mm-hmm. And that'll yeah, be a great like resource. A, a link on that page. Too. Okay. Wonderful. All right. Well, thank you so much, Amanda, and um, great luck with your family and your growing baby and 
and you. all Good that. Good luck with so. you too. Thank you. I really this. Thank you. This was this was our first time being on the air since October. So thank you for joining me for that, and and it was it was a real pleasure. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. Thank you so much, Amanda. That was that was really great, and that was a really fun interview. And um, if anybody has any questions that they want to specifically ask um, to Amanda herself, you can email her at amanda at pilatesformommies.net. And then you can also see her website at pilatesformommies.net. And I've uh, looked at it, and it's a really great website, and she says that it's still in progress, but there's a lot of great information on there already, so don't hesitate to um, check that out. And um, also, uh, first and foremost, it would be great to get some emails about some topics that anybody would like to hear about. I do have some emails in archive that um, there are some topics that I will be visiting, and so if you have sent in a suggestion, uh, I will be talking about those here in the near future. Um, but I'd love to do some more interviews because I think the interviews really get things going and then, um, you know, we can always elaborate, um, you know, with those as we, as we continue. But, um, it's, interviews are really fun. It's really basically just you and me talking. I do try to keep us on subject as much as possible, but, you know, if we do veer off the subject, they're usually pretty fun to listen to anyway. Um, and then I usually try to take pieces of those if there's something we need to elaborate more on, and I try to do another episode on that. So um, think about what you'd like to talk about and, and uh, email the suggestion to me. I'd love to talk to more of you out there. And, uh, and we're going to be having an offer here um, pretty soon with a prize on um, email suggestions. I'll let you know what that is in the next episode, but if you email uh, after today any suggestions for interviews or anything like that, you will still be part of the contest. We just haven't figured out the exact details of it yet. So um, just with that in mind, go ahead and email us a suggestion, interviews, or just a suggestion on what you'd like to hear more about. And I, I hope I'm back for, um, you know, I definitely won't be going as many months um, as I did this time in between episodes, um, but um, maybe may not be on a real strict schedule, but I'm going to try to stay on more, uh, more of a schedule now. So um, thanks again. I'd love to hear from all of you out there. You can email me at Heidi, H-E-I-D-I, at thepilatespodcast.com. And if you haven't seen or listened to the other inter- um, podcasts that are archived, go ahead and look at those at www.thepilatespodcast.com. So thanks again for listening, and we'll talk with you next time. I'm your host, Heidi Miller. <laughs>